What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 29th episode of the Burris Law Life and Friends podcast. We have been on dry dock for a little bit, but we are back with a vengeance. And today I have my special guest and law partner, Brian Mincher, with me. How are you, sir? I am fantastic, but don't you worry, I will get better. <laughs> I love it. Well, you and I are uh, still sort of on our victory tour. <clears throat> yes, the... Uh grassroots movement that is supporting the eventual tide that is going to carry whiskey dreamers to inevitable glory and fame it's it's up and going and it's ironically the demand for whiskey dreamers is stronger than the ability for whiskey dreamers to actually produce for that demand <laughs> and, and whiskey dreamers by what we mean by that Neither one of us particularly like whiskey, um, but that is our house band name given to us by uh, an attorney in our office. But we are the Whiskey Dreamers, and boy, did we have a big gig that we were leading up to, and it happened on September 30th, 2023 at the law firm's 12th annual picnic. But, I mean, we had some dry runs, some test runs before we got there. We did. I think we had at least three public performances. We had, I think our best public <clears throat> performance and biggest showing was actually the Backyard Concert Series we did here. Uh, although the radio show we did at the um, Guitars and Growlers, I don't know, there might have been more people there. It, it, it's neck and neck. Although... I'm proud of the show, the radio show that we did down at uh, Frisco Music Center, which I'm pretty sure is the highest uh, rated show that they've had, at least in the last six months. Last time I checked, uh, not that I check every week daily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we kept we kept watching the numbers climb on the um, the views of the Whiskey Dreamers as we took over. We did a takeover of the Frisco Music. Uh, store and that was a lot of fun. That was a blast. Um, but yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been. It's been fun. I thought we did well, and then we lead up. And w what was also cool is we turned the firm's Sprinter van into our tour bus, which I thought that was cool. That was extremely cool, and it was very needed on a very <laughs> hot day. We had the AC running, the diesel engine was uh, was keeping us cool. And uh, it was nice to have a chance to go, you know, get out there and rehearse before we got up on stage, uh, which turned out to be kind of necessary. Um, can we tell a story? Yeah, sure. All right. So for those of you that don't know, and I, you know, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you do know we are trial lawyers. We are not by nature afraid of public speaking. Uh, we're some of the very odd folks that actually enjoy public speaking. So neither one of us are really susceptible to stage fright in the sense of, of what most folks would think of as stage fright. But if you have never had a little bit of panic before going out and singing a song, playing music, and especially playing music while singing a song, which is it's a whole other level of uh, terror for anybody who's done one or the other, but not both. Uh, and before we go out, and we had had so many, I don't know how many sessions we'd had, but many, many sessions and probably the last six, eight, ten in a row, we had had 80 to 90% perfection uh, on, on our songs. Very rarely did we even re repeat one. And then about 30 minutes before we go on, all right, let's run through them one more time. <laughs> Panic, blank look, I've, the likes of which I've never seen. And Jason just like, I 
just I've, I've blanked on the words. It's like, okay, that's fine. Not, not a problem. And I don't know. Do you want to tell the story about how many iterations we went through before we gave up and decided yeah. to just roll with yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was it was an interesting twenty minutes there. Yeah, it was one of those things. So we're in the we're in the tour bus and we're going over it. And the first song, you just you, I, I just knew. Look, we need to hit the first song. We've never played to that many people. You know, obviously we've got hundreds of people there, and by there it was in Adriatica Village, outside of our new headquarters. And we've got a lot of good bands there that, that we're playing. We've got um, the like the four-time Grammy-nominated Yarn there. We've got John Christopher Davis, Austin Cunningham, big singer-songwriter, Songbird Jones, Maley Thomas Band. We've got all these bands, and we got us, and we're <laughs> in the middle. And so I just knew, I'm like, we've got to hit the first song. Um, we got to hit it. And, and that was um, Bob Seger's uh, Turn song, Turn the Page. And we get out there, and I mean, I have played this thing, and I would kind of pride myself on, um, I just, I don't really get nervous. Um, it just, I'm, I'm ready to go. I feel good about it. And just, I, I love to perform. And, and we in had, anything. And we had nailed that song easily yeah. the last dozen times we had yeah. so, gone after it. So it wasn't a deal at all <laughs> about getting nervous or anxious or anything. I, I think more than anything, it had to do with getting a terrible night's sleep the night before. Not really having the necessary rest. Yeah. Because the picnic is always a labor-intensive thing. It's a lot of work. So anyway, we start running through it, and I keep missing... A line, and it's not the same line every time. It was it's, it's different places, and so I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll just go print the words to that song, and I will tape them on top of my guitar. I will look down, and then we will, you know, I won't have a problem. And it seemed like a brilliant plan because we we had a printer and we could print it up as small or as big as we needed to. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, yeah, go yeah. get knock that out. It's, it's so, so I have to type it up because um, I, I could never do a, like a straight copy and paste. It didn't look weird. So I type it up. It takes me 10 minutes. Put it there. Take it. Bring it back. Got it. Get on the tour bus. I've got my tape and I tape it on there and it's perfect. Looks great. I even had scissors and all this. And I've got it right on top of my guitar, and we start, and I'm like, okay, I do need it. And I look down, and I can see it, but I can't read it. <laughs> because, and I've always had 2015 vision my whole life, but it turns out, and I still have 2015 vision, but I can't see well up close anymore. Like, the first thing I noticed, Brian, was prescription bottles. Yep. And it happened about... Nine, ten months ago, and I have to get my phone. I have to turn the light light on. I have to shine it. <laughs> then I have to do this thing right here. Uh, I don't know. So after turning fifty, I just I can't see it anymore. And so it didn't matter. I went and reprinted it bigger, taped it. It still didn't matter. The angle of looking down and trying to it didn't work. And so I remember having some choice words and saying, you know what, I'm I, we're going to go out and do it. That's yeah. all we're going to do. And it was it was somewhat reminiscent of that uh, infamous uh, meme with Bill. Oh gosh, what's his face? The political commentator, and I, he's uh, just 
bleep it, we'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> it was it was that sort of thing. And here's the the punchline of the story, which I'm tickled to death to say. I had handwritten out all of the the words to all of the songs for fear something like this might happen to me. Um, and so I said, hey, we'll just put that between us and and we'll have it there. And he says, okay, great. And he goes up there and nails it word for word. Never once looked at the words. Never looked at it. It was it was remembered it was everything. And that's what made it so fun is because. I mean, I've just always prided myself on no matter what we're doing, you're going to show up, you're going to play, you're going to play to the best of your ability. But, you know, this is a different deal and um, like true rookies at this. And uh, so anyway, what's funny is Brian, you know, we took our little victory tour that weekend and then Brian came back and started uh, right into another training camp. Like if I can make like a (laughs) boxing analogy, he goes right into another training camp. Meanwhile, I have Connor McGregor'd myself out on this yacht in the middle of the ocean. I'm still on my victory tour, <laughs> and I have played exactly one time since uh, since we finished this. But it is uh, I have put the word out to my guitar teacher and said uh, the return is imminent, and let me get through Thanksgiving, and then we'll we'll get started. Because you know we do have some we do have some folks who want to see us. Yeah, no, we've literally turned down gigs, uh, which is hilarious to me. But yeah, we, I know you've been offered one. I've been offered two. Paying gigs. Yeah, yeah. Paying gigs. Yeah, I've, I've turned down two paying gigs. And I, I mean, <laughs> I took ridiculous. a trip to the Giggle Snort Hotel where I'm like, oh, God, you definitely don't want, you don't want to pay us. It was that type of thing. Like, what a terrible investment. Um, but anyway, it was great. We had a ton of fun. I mean... Not for nothing, the, our sound guy, I mean, look, our sound guy, we've hired him again, but we wanted to have our sound the way we wanted it. We wanted to run through it. He gets there a little bit late, and we don't get to run through anything. Right. And, I, and that Less that, than ideal for anyone who's ever been <laughs> yeah. on stage without monitors <laughs> or on stage and not be... Just imagine not being able to hear yourself play or sing, but everyone around you can hear it. That's that's the challenge that we were uh, forced into. Yeah, and for a couple of uh, um, you know semi-talented guys, we sure are very particular about uh, our our guitars, our <laughs> right. sound, our right, right. our scene. Our- well, the way I take the way I my take on that is when you only have a, a limited number of plays, you've got to run them very very well. <laughs> that's right. And so that's right. we don't have a whole lot. If we're running the wishbone, <laughs> yeah, we have to run the wishbone properly. Otherwise, there's just yeah. no chance. And so that, that's kind of my take on it. Well, anyway, I'm super excited. We get through the whole set we don't we don't make any uh, meaningful mistakes and then um i'll be dead gum if the sound doesn't blow out of your guitar yep literally on the last song it, it, right mm-hmm. in the middle of the very last song and it was it's it might i don't know it's one of it's one of the crowd favorites you know that we do i mean really the first and last song are the ones that people everybody talks about and so uh, you know start and 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 end well uh, as our you know general philosophy and we're halfway through the last song having a great time and the sound guy bites us squarely in the keister <laughs> and it's 
Kadoon, 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 nothing. Yeah. And it's like that Southwest commercial from a few years ago, Want to Get Away? <laughs> that's what it felt like. Yeah, we're just standing there looking at each other, and I'm holding a hunk of wood that's making no noise anymore after it had been making noise largely in tune the whole yeah, time and yeah. in key, and then just nothing, and we couldn't figure out what the deal was in the... I don't know, half a second that you have whenever yeah, the yeah. sound stops before you have to bail on the song. And it's so. not like the sound guy dove on stage and <laughs> said, let me go figure this out in 10 no. seconds. I mean, we didn't hear a peep out of him. No, no. I think he was uh, vaping behind, <laughs> behind the stage or something. I, but, I don't, yeah. it, look, it was a very, let's talk about the numbers, a very successful um, picnic. Um, thanks to the generous support of our sponsors, our donors, our family, our friends. Um, then the law firm did what it always does, which is it underwrote the entire picnic, every expense. Um, and there were lots of expenses. It, it underwrote those. And then it made a 50% matching gift to the total. And um, all of the contributions matching and so forth, the picnic raised a very impressive $74,399.40. Fantastic. Um, so we donated that. It's going to make a big difference uh, in our community. And our new total, it's been a very impressive 12 years of picnics. Um, we've donated $402,732 to local nonprofits. And I'll bet you three quarters of that is over the last four or five years. Like it's oh, really it's, yeah, ramped yeah, up. Yeah, it's been very strong. <clears throat> so that's wonderful. I always go into it thinking, are we going to do another picnic? Will this be the end? This was the twelfth, and it's you know it's like if you ever like go way back down, then mm-hmm. then and we're dealing with big numbers now, so it's like, are we going to be able to do it? Right. It didn't take me long to come out of this. And I was like, no, we're definitely doing number 13. Lucky number 13. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm wondering what's next. Um, everybody's interested in what we do musically this time. I've gotten more yep. feedback. What are your thoughts? I, I'm i interested in uh, what kind of future acts that we're going to be putting together, uh, both internally and externally. Uh, i tell you what, after that... Uh, we, we had a very unique experience. Uh, we were the easily the least talented and the least experienced bunch out of the entire lineup. And I guarantee you the most souls heard our music of any bands all day. And for those who are, were not up there, and that's everyone who's not sitting at this table, uh, we got to go party like rock stars after we got to party like rock stars on the stage, and we went to uh, dinner with the headliners. Um, and if, if y'all are not fans of Yarn, become fans of Yarn. They're fantastic. Uh, we got to go to dinner with them at one of our favorite restaurants. I, I, I'd like to get some more bands like them and Songbird. I, I, I just... I like Songbird Jones as a, like, he's cool. The band, like mm-hmm. the guys from the band are cool. And I really like the music. Um, you know, as I'm a big singer songwriter fan, a big fan of Texas music. Um, if, have you heard any rumors, uh, running around the mill of who we might be able to lock down? I have, um, red clay strays has bubbled to the surface. Um, okay. Some a lot a lot of people know who they are. A lot of people don't know. But like the one common theme I hear is, you better get them now. 
you better see them now because soon enough they're going to be playing these big stadiums. And so I heard their name bubbled up um, about getting them for the picnic. And, and then I kind of heard their price. And I was like, you know what? If it is a charity picnic, and so you got to kind of understand that, and you got to have a buy-in, and you can't just like gouge us. And so we'll see what shakes out. Okay. Um, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Oh, that name has come up. Um, gosh, any others? Those are probably the those are probably the biggest ones that I've heard. Okay. Um, we had also talked about doing um, like a singer songwriter. Um, deal at right. the next picnic, which I still think is on the table, and 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 then you could have like a house band for our. We've got this venue in our new headquarters, where I mean the firm leans music. We're big into music. We like to support local music. We think it's important, mm -hmm. and um, you know, for somebody who's going to be playing like a sort of a house band, mm -hmm. we talked about having some sort of contest where right. everybody would have a little, you know, trinket to put into their favorite. I still think that's a really cool idea. Oh, I do too. And there, there's so much talent <clears throat> in this area. The The idea of a house band or even a quarterly, like maybe by season, you know, house bands over time. Uh, I, I think that idea has got a lot of legs. And uh, there's a lot of folks that uh, Jason and I know personally from, you know, kind of dipping our toes into the local music scene. Uh, that I think would be very interested and interesting uh, to see compete for that spot. I, I think it would be there's there's a couple of local bands that, uh, that I just I go and see like Wooden Nichols, somebody that I would love to have a, take a run at that. They they do blues, they do southern rock, uh, like all the stuff that I like to <clears throat> listen to and that I like to play and that we like to sing is the stuff that they kind of specialize in. So they're they're right up my alley. And yeah. there's a surprising amount of, uh, of folks around here that it's like wow, you like you're better than anything I've heard on the radio today. And here we are sitting yeah. in you know sitting in this little pub in uh, in McKinney. Yeah, and that's what I like. Um, it's it's super important. I mean, like, I don't really like to go stare at paintings. Um, that's art. Yeah. To, to me, the art that speaks to me is music. And I just, I feel like it is my job to help support local live music. Yes, and oh, for sure. Even though Yarn, um, great reputation, their reputation really was on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, even though they were being played by our radio station. Um, and we could have gotten a bigger local name, but like I wanted to bring the best music in. And I thought and still think that we brought in a heck of a band. Oh, for sure. They're um, fantastic. We could talk about maybe we should have brought them in and started them earlier because it was such a long picnic. But I think we do the next picnic like l fewer hours. Yeah. Even though it, tur it turned out great. It yeah. was absolutely great. I love the fact that this year was six hours, but I just think next year we do a much shorter one. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, I think we just think and see which name bubbles up, but, and we'll, we'll, we'll go get them. And I think it'll be fun. I think it'd be great. Hey, um, talk to me about the foundation. You, you guys got anything shaking over there? Yeah. So Burris Family Foundation, uh, the biggest change that I can think of. There's a lot of news, but the biggest change is we're having a name change. Um, and I take full responsibility for um, naming Burris Family Foundation. <clears throat> um, but what I noticed is sometimes every, every now and then I would, I would 
have a question about, well, wait a minute. So is this going to your family? And I was like, no, no, that's, I mean, there's like the Jones family foundation, <laughs> right, and this, right, but, right. but the, the, I mean, you only have to get like three questions and then you're like, wait a minute, it, somebody out there thinks that this is going <laughs> to my family. No, no. And I was, and I just said, you know, and so the dryer comes in and Wendy Mays, his wife, mm-hmm. and I used to work with her and she's just got the best judgment and super sweet, really think a lot of her, and she's done a whole bunch of charity work. And so Dreyer comes in one day, and we're been talking about it. He said, Wendy said that you should you should name this Burris Community Foundation, not Burris Family Foundation. And I was like, aha, that. And so I was like, ding, ding. So, so it doesn't have to be my idea. Like, I hear this idea, and I was like, that's a great idea. Brilliant. And so I ran mm-hmm. it by two, three, four people. Everybody said, yeah, no, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Fits with the mission. There's no confusion. And so super, super simple. That's the first thing. So I know that we're in the process of getting the logo updated, but I think all that stuff, you'll start seeing it soon. Second thing is we just filed our tax return. And so as I stated before we ever got started, um, you are welcome. Anybody who has donated, who is thinking about donating, you're invited to call and schedule a review of our tax return. We'll show you the tax return. And just like I promised, you'll see that nothing was uh, paid out um, by the foundation other than the checks uh, to the scholarship recipients, the checks to the 501c3 charitable organizations, and then there's a very small um, Stripe donor app fee. So when people make an online donation, you have to have a portal. And they take just a little bit of every donation. But, you know, you will see that the the law firm made up for not only that little amount, but all the, the people helping. The law firm pays the salaries. The law firm pays all the administrative costs, every cost, um, and even and way more than that even, um, in <laughs> its donations. And so, but that is available. Just um, call and um, you can come by and meet with our operations team and, and check out the, the tax return. I'm happy about that. Um, and then, you know, right now we're at 21 scholarships for $55,000. We've got our scholarship deadline um, ending in less than a month. And so I think sometime in late December, we're going to be awarding seven to eight more scholarships um, for spring 2024. And I can tell you that by looking at the applications, um, we're down from last semester, which is to be expected because you're in the middle of the year. Sure. But point is, if you're a friend of the firm, if you have a relationship with a law firm and you've got a kid that is already in college, um, tell them to um, go to our website, BurrisFamilyFoundation.org, or you can, I think you can even get there from MyTexasFirm.com and um, fill out that scholarship so that you can get an award. Excellent. So, um, yeah, so I'm happy. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. So to change subjects, um, you know, because we've got to pay for all of the uh, law firms giving to the foundation, you got any good cases that you want to talk about? Sure, sure. Maybe working on or finished up? I've got one that we are in the final stages of finishing up. Uh, We're going to call him Frankie B. His last name is uh, difficult to pronounce, and it's long. Uh, But, yeah, uh, 
young Frankie was uh, 22 years old, and uh, he was he is a cautionary tale at the beginning of this, but uh, he's got a hero's journey, so stick around. You'll enjoy the ending. So he is driving along, uh, cautionary tale warning, on a motorcycle, and uh, you should probably know the story doesn't end well if it begins with a motorcycle. <laughs> and he is out in the country because he is a... Uh, uh, amateur entomologist he's curious about bugs and there's a particular kind of bug that he saw on a nature show he wanted to go out in the countryside and see if he could find one and so the absolute most innocent reason in the world to be out on sunday afternoon driving along the countryside looking for some crazy moth or butterfly or bug or whatever and a 17 year old pulled out in front of him and he hit the side of that car going 50 something miles per hour and uh, as I was explaining to somebody basically broke his everything uh, that you wouldn't want to break and smashed his everything you wouldn't want to smash into the uh, motorcycle and then flipped over the car and uh, laid in the ditch with a broken ankle and a whole bunch of other stuff uh, broken finger and wrists and and, yeah he he was a mess just like you'd expect Um, and when we met him uh, it was myself as well Mm -hmm. as the the uh, namer of whiskey dreamers uh, my associate griffin and one of our uh, paralegals we all had to go to the hospital to sign him up because he was in no shape to travel so that was on uh, july the 10th that happened his brother called me that night uh, july the 11th we went to see him and we've basically had to adopt him ever since but the great news is uh, the youngster who had pulled out in front of him actually had a fairly substantial uh, insurance policy, one of the bigger ones that you'll see on a passenger car. And the insurance company came to the uh, wisdom of uh, avoiding having to... Well, they didn't avoid suit. Uh, let me strike that. We had to file suit in order to get their attention, but they came to uh, the realization of what the nature of the problem was very quickly thereafter and we were able to resolve it so this was july 19th today is what november yeah so yeah november 21st so five four or five months that's a pretty quick turnaround for a case of this magnitude and it doesn't sound like it but it really is in our business because you know you've got the treatment you've got the time from the incident to retaining us Yep. You've got the demand phase and then the you know settlement phase and then if you have to litigate. So things can take can take some time because treatment can take some time. That's a fantastic result and very fortuitous that it um, you were able to wrap it up so quick. Yeah, I, I fully well, expected this was going to be a really long fight. Uh, <clears throat> the, the, more, the higher the stakes, the longer and harder the fight often is. And so I was very tickled that we were able to get turned around for Frank. Uh, and I expect we're going to be able to uh, get him a check of that size right there that, that he looks, does not have to pay taxes on. That looks pretty darn good. Yeah, pretty substantial amount, uh, especially for a fellow that age. Um, and uh, it looks like he's not going to have a lifelong limp or, or any, uh, as bad as his, his injuries were, he's not going to have permanent uh, injuries to the, of the type that would be crippling or anything. So yeah. uh, that that's, you know, 
fortunately, uh, he doesn't have a multi-million dollar case. I always tell people, don't come into the office wishing your case was better because that means you would have had to gone through a much worse thing. So, 100%. But, thank yeah. goodness it's not any worse. But yeah, so uh, I, he uh, is on the mend. He's a young, healthy guy in general, uh, you know, but for hitting a car. Uh, so he healed up about as quickly as you would expect a young, healthy guy to heal up. And uh, he's looking forward to getting this in his pocket and moving on down the road. And uh, he's got some uh, big dreams. He wants to be a fireman. And he was uh, on, he was literally two Mondays away from going down to Corpus Christi to start his fireman career when this happened. So it's uh, having to be reset. Man, and that would be one of my top 10 things that I would tell any 16, 17 year old. Um, here's, here's, the best advice, like one of those 10 things would be please stay off motorcycles because it's not just your ability, it's everybody else, what they're doing right. affects <clears throat> you and sometimes you can't do anything. This is a prime <clears throat> example. There's not one thing in the world that Frankie could have done differently. He, he wasn't driving crazy. He wasn't hot rodding. He wasn't even on a high performance motorcycle. He, he was on a pretty tame uh, sort of a motorcycle, and he was not driving in any ridiculous manner. But <clears throat> you can drive the speed limit and follow yeah. all the rules, and somebody pulls right out in front of you at the last second, which is what happened here, and you're in the hospital for a month. Yeah, well, I mean, we just have a lot of these cases where it's like you, our, our people didn't do anything wrong, and you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes uh, I hear that a problem can just fall out of the sky on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get we get plane crashes from time to time. And there was one that really made lots of media. Um, it happened 10 days ago, so it may take us a few days to get this podcast up. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lee can have this thing ready <laughs> in the morning and get this thing um, uploaded. He's he's looking pressure, like he's pressure, ready pressure. to he's ready to nod yes, yeah, but he, he hasn't yeah, quite yeah, done yeah. it. He's, he's, he's um, showing a lot of distance. Yeah, so I'll just say that it's November 11, 2023, is when um, a plane comes out of the sky and um, hits our poor clients who are um, driving on Virginia Parkway, which is a very busy um, a very busy roadway in the city of McKinney. Um, yeah, the 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 pilot uh, is coming in way too fast. He's landing at Arrow Country Airport, um, goes through a fence and crashes into our client. In fact, I happen to have video, and I, I don't think you've seen that video yet. I'd like to. I've heard and, about it. Uh, let me just play it for you, and you see what you think. Here we go. <clears throat> oh wow! <laughs> I mean, wow. It, so, okay, so this is a handheld, uh, this isn't, all right, that is not, yeah. um, and that plane, that plane is, is a very fast plane, and he just came in way too fast, but you can see it there. Um, our clients are the sweetest clients in the, in the whole world. They are just, they are, um, they're <clears throat> super, super sweet from Jordan, and um, so we've already started uh, helping, and um, you know, I just, I just hate it, but it just, it just goes to show you. I mean, I really do think that driving is one of the most perilous things that most all of us do yep. on a daily basis. And it's, uh, just, just by the numbers, it, it's, it's just dangerous, but you don't expect that. Right. No, you certainly, 
Uh, you, you look right and you look left at the intersection. I never think to look up. But yeah. Maybe but we'll, you do we'll, now. You know, the good, good news is everybody lived and, and, and we'll get them taken care of, but, but lots, of, lots of injuries uh, to deal with, a big crash. Um, but we've had a lot of cases. We're doing the best we can. I'm excited about our team. Um, in fact, we just had our big potluck. We did. Thanksgiving at yes, the office. We, that was fun. I'm it was cool. fa- Oh, it was fantastic. We have a, a wonderful team full of amazing people who are really great at their job, <clears throat> but they're just as good a people as they are employees a lot of times, and it seems like they're just about as good a cooks as they are people. Oh, we are blessed in so many ways with our coworkers, and I, it, it seems like everyone, either themselves or their spouse or someone in their family, has a specialty, and everyone brings out their specialty dessert or their specialty appetizer or their specialty entree, and today was no exception. We had just a whole bunch of folks brought a whole bunch of really good stuff, and we've got the facilities to where we can we have a full kitchen that we're able to serve, and it was it was just fantastic. It was it was as good a meal as I think you could get anywhere. But I can't wait until we have a better facility to serve, um, because imagine that. Imagine imagine oh, the yeah. day that we're able to like invite because we invite firemen, police officers over from time to time, and and but it's we don't have the seating, and so right. we're all standing around right, and this and that. Right. So it's a smaller area. But in the new headquarters, which we are just trying to finish out, um, I can't wait because we've got a much bigger space to yeah. host events and, and so forth. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to having uh, either police or fire over like maybe every other month, um, especially during the summer when it's easy to barbecue and it's, it's just it's fun. And those guys always have a great appetite and they always really appreciate it. And I, I really appreciate giving back to those guys that are out there trying to protect us and make the world a better place. Um, you know, making money is great, and you got to make a living. Everybody does, but um, if you're one of the folks that's out there that's actually making the world a better place, good for you. 100%. Well, I think before we go, I think we ought to have talk a little bit of MMA, if you don't mind. I would love to do that. Some big news that broke, I think, yesterday. <clears throat> PFL, the Professional Fighters League. Yes. Which has- is... Uh, it's it's kind of the overseas UFC. They're 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 way bigger in Asia than they are in America. Is okay, my okay, understanding. And I didn't know that. I knew one was, but I don't know a ton about PFL. I know they're they've. I know Jake Paul mm-hmm. is associated with them. Has some sort of ownership interest, and is under contract. Right. But they have the. Um, what do you call it? They have a tournament. They've got, yeah, yeah. They've got they've a got. Tournament. They've got multiple different fight disciplines as well. Okay. So yeah, I, I think they 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 not only do boxing, they not, they, have, they have MMA and then kickboxing as well. Whereas okay. like the UFC is, when I say they're like the UFC of this area, I mean they're a bigger deal in other places than they are here. Not that they're a direct competitor to UFC. UFC doesn't really have a direct competitor. E- e- even one, I don't think, would argue that they are a direct competitor. Uh, but PFL, uh, yes, they they acquired uh, Bellator. What that exactly means, I don't know that anyone knows for sure. Rumor around the campfire, and uh, that by that I mean uh, Chael Sonnen's show, uh, said that they uh, may be phasing out Bellator over the course of the next two or three years. So it may be that this was 
a talent acquisition sort of a thing. Uh, but it might be intriguing while they've got both brands. And you mentioned the tournament structure, a tournament of champions, uh, champion versus champion. There's a lot of potential uh, intrigue that, that can go forward. And who knows, if that gets going, maybe you have, have the idea. I don't think Dana would ever do it, but maybe they could cross-pollinate with one at least. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would ever do it with UFC. Yeah, so I missed Chael's show, but I saw Ariel's show. And Ariel had on a guy by the name of Don Davis, who's the chairman and founder of PFL. And he's pretty refreshing. Now, I don't have the any angst for Dana. I, I like what Dana does for the most part. But Don Davis is really different. He's very transparent. There's not the obvious narrative that you have with Dana. Um, Don Davis, pretty refreshing and different. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more of the in the Scott Coker um, vein, but yet a bit more transparent than him even and with a little bigger personality. Interesting. And he, on Ariel's show, he said that, nope, he goes, we, the, the Bellator fighters, and I think maybe all, all I think maybe they have 210 under contracts. We're, we're taking them all. Yep. He said that, that, that Bellator only had like 21 employees. And he said that they, PFL has 52 and he said, but we want all their people to come over. We don't want any layoffs. We want them all to come over. And he said, we are going to have two separate brands. So it's almost like when the WWE bought... WCW. Yeah, or the other one. Or, I can't remember. When they when they bought one and they sort of had the two brand thing, yeah, I think like, that's what they're doing. Okay, so like the Monday Nitro <laughs> yeah, versus yeah, the yeah. Thursday... Okay, and okay interesting. And so there's going to be there's going to be a tournament series and then there's going to be they didn't call it a legend series but it's kind of like for those fighters like Anthony Pettis who is too old and their and his body's not set up to go through a PFL tournament hmm. we're going to have him fight twice a year and we'll do fun fights for him and this and that but we hope that a lot of the Bellator fighters will lead into that tournament Hmm. And so, but yeah, definitely some different, but even um, like for Bellator events in the future, a different set of commentators than for PFL. So it's kind of interesting the way he explained it. Um, I'm not quite through with it, but I'm almost done with it. But this Don Davis really comes, so Dana was a jazzercise guy or boxercise guy who happened to have rich friends from high school. Right. This Don Davis doesn't have any fighting background. He is was an old AOL executive, America Online. Okay. Um, okay. And he was an executive in that, and he's built quite a few businesses over the years and built them into very valuable, hmm. very valuable um, franchises that have a thing to do with fighting. And so back in 2016, he, I guess, purchased PFL. He bought the PFL after the UFC sold for four plus billion dollars. He looked at it and he said, look, if they sold for four billion plus dollars and they don't have a close second, I want to go buy something and and start working this because there's a lot of money to be had in this. Interesting. And so he really comes at it from more of a, a business perspective, but super refreshing. I thought it was very interesting and the biggest, uh, area of interest for me was his goal. 
and he said, we are number two. We are number two to the UFC. And he said, but if you look at the talent and there's this, I can't remember the name of it, but there's one group that ranks fighters regardless of organization. Mm. Whoever that is that does that. He said, the UFC has 30% of the top 25 fighters in every weight class in the world, 30% of them, and we have 30% of them. We're tied with them. He goes, now, if you look at top five, UFC's got them all. They got one, two, three, four, and five. So they'll beat us there right now. And he said, but right now we're number two and we are on a mission to become co-leaders in the mixed martial arts space. I thought that was interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, and that's a cool stated goal. And it is a brash goal. That, that's huge. And he had big <clears throat> dreams on getting deals with um, media giants to help carry the brands and distribute it. And obviously he had a lot of, he has a lot of goals on um, foreign distribution. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the UFC does about, I don't know, maybe they do about 40 events a year. And I think they are set next year to do maybe 30 or 32. Most of their stuff is not pay-per-view. I think they only have two pay-per-views. So pretty interesting. I don't know much about it. But I think that for the fighters, it has to be a very good thing. They seem to treat their fighters pretty well. Nobody leaves. Right. Yeah. Nobody leaves from PFL and goes to UFC. No, but everybody that goes from UFC is hoping they go there to the PFL and not to the uh, bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I would, which I don't blame them. That bare knuckle boxing is pretty rough. That's uh, that is that is pretty rough. We've yeah. got. Uh, I know we've got. Eddie Alvarez fighting Mike Perry. Soon. Yeah, Mike. I don't think I don't think there's a whole lot of people that could make the same weight that he can. That would be a favorite over Mike Perry in bare knuckle boxing. He Mike, seems to be yeah. made for bare knuckle yeah, boxing. Mike Perry wasn't real good at MMA, but he's pretty good at bare knuckle yeah, boxing. Yeah, he seems to. He beat that. Crap out of Luke Rocco. Oh, no, he did. He knocked I mean, his teeth out. He, I mean, yeah. teeth flying everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he was, really messed him yeah. up. I mean, so much so that Luke quit. Yeah. Like, Luke never quits anything. Right. No. It, hey, it I got one tough. for you. I got a great rumor for you. All right. Brendan Schaub says, if you look at GSP's social media, it after he retired, he went straight down. He didn't do much, yada, yada, yada. If you look at the last... Two, three months. It has ramped back up in a big way. He was getting ready to compete, I think, against Damian Maya or something. In a grappling contest. And yeah. I think Dana, I think um, I think his opponent pulled out. Maya oh. pulled out. Okay. So he has no opponent, so now he's gonna commentate. And he said GSP is coming back for UFC three hundred. And he's going to fight one of the Diaz's. That would be oh, that's you, very you checking interesting. Checking in or checking out on that one? Oh, I'm in. Oh, I'm a hundred. GSP's got to be forty two. Yeah, ish. But he's as hard as this table, uh, and he hadn't taken any damage in in years. I'm more interested in GSP at forty two than I am Stipe at forty two. 
Yeah, I mean, GSP was having problems with the bigger Bisbing. I mean, he was yeah. getting a little bit tuned up, and I know we didn't have Bisbing down. Well, that's not his weight class either. No, no, no. But he, he but, spent his whole career at 155 yeah. and then does. And, and, and GSP was, I mean, uh, Bisbing was like 185. Yeah. So, yeah. no, GSP spent his career at 170. He was a welterweight champion. That's right. That's right. He went up so, to 185 for Bisbing. Yeah. yeah had, Bisbing yeah, yeah. was good size. And, yeah. And, 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 and Bisbing look, has to cut to make 85. Yep. Yeah. And GSP, let's not forget, choked him unconscious. So, right. when you look at all that yeah. and you say, okay, a few years have gone by and I like him not coming back against a killer. I mean, I like him. I, I would like, I did not like Nick Diaz's last performance. Right. But I think him versus Nick or him versus Nate would, the, either one of those. Would, I think he, he's a, he's, I think he's a favorite against either one of them. For sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I think, yeah, I think that GSP would be a favorite against yeah. Nate or Nick Diaz. But I'm, if, if, I mean, you're getting my money. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah. watching it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm totally in on that. Yeah, I am too. And I think I'm out on this podcast because we've run out of time. <laughs> All right. All right. With that graceful dismount. Okay. All right. Well, we're doing it from home because our <laughs> building's not finished yet. And it's all my George, wife's fault. George. And George. So <laughs> thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Burris Law Life and Friends podcast. Enjoy it, buddy. Always. Always. <laughs>